there's one thing I know about all of you, if I've trained with you over these last 20 years, it's what you do for a living. I know what your profession is. I don't know where you live. I don't know your address. I'm not sure who your favorite football team is, who your favorite actress is. But I do know what you do for a living. That's because it's so inexorably linked to how you behave on a daily basis. The choices you make with your stress management, with your eating, are inexorable to what it is you do to stack paper in your daily life. I also know something else about you guys. Professionally, if you want to move ahead, all you have to do is dissolve the ego. Now, that might sound really, really easy for me to say and really difficult for you to do, but it is pretty much the panacea for moving ahead professionally. And I know this because we've shared those discussions in the intimate setting of the gym. So we're going to talk about it today. Welcome to another Ego Killer. I'm Johan, and this is a show where we spend time peeling back the human condition layer by layer, looking for a means to get through those sticking points in our life. I try to give you guys a fight or a sparring story at some point, or an illustration of professional athletics and fighting. Then we take that, we learn about sticking points in our own life, right? And we use the actionable lessons and tips to get by and move ahead. The curiosity of the ego is that the ego has a way of just kind of hanging around. It's an implicit part of who we are as people. It's identifiers for self that end up being at times our worst enemy. And this isn't to say that the ego doesn't always have to be a good thing. There are situations, especially in certain types of jobs where the ego is an ally. But when we find ourselves slipping, you got nowhere else to look other than the ego part of what we identify ourselves as. And professionally speaking, it tends to hold us back. So let's take a quick look at the definition of what this might look like, right? This is how the ego in a professional ambition can prevent true work fulfillment. So one of the ways that I like to think about it is, remember when we were a kid and maybe it was your parents, right? Or was your teacher, your first grade teacher, your kindergarten teacher, went around the room and asked you what you wanted to be for a living. Remember what they asked Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> um, but they went around the room and they asked everybody what you wanted to be for a living. And for me, I think one of the first things that I mentioned that to my family that I want to my cousins that I wanted to do was be an ice cream man. I wasn't as young as I should have been for having mentioned that I wanted to sling ice cream like vanilla bean to everybody. <laughs> and I got laughed out the room for it. Now, I wanted to be like seven different things. And one of them was ice cream man. But I remember getting laughed up for that. But I also remember thinking, like, I'm young. I'm supposed to want to be... I'm not 30 wanting to be just an ice cream man. How romantic. But the reason I bring that up is because at some point we have an unfettered, uncontaminated, innocent sense of what we want to do for a living as we get older. And along the way, something takes over, right? Usually, it's the progression not to ambition, right? Because ambition in and of itself is pure. Desire is pure. What we want in our life is closely linked to who we want to be as quality, 
you know, people. We actually want to be in positions to give back, right? You might think about some Wolf of Wall Street type fools like Matthew McConaughey, you know, beating on his chest in that movie and think there's no altruism there. That man and people like that, people of that ilk, only want to stack bread. They only want to get rich. There is no goodness there. But I'll go ahead and contend far enough along the origin story of someone like that. There is an actual altruism. So let me know. Let me know in the comments right now. Let me know what it is that you thought of. What was your first answer when you were asked what you wanted to do professionally when you were really, really young? Hit me back on that. What did you want to be when you were really young? All right. Let me know in the comments. Somewhere along the way, there seems to be this conflation with what you want to do and then all of the societal pressures as inorganic and as bombastic as they are start to kind of muddy the waters. And professionally, we stop thinking about our job as a personal fulfillment and more of a means to an end. Maybe it is to get the house. Maybe it is to fulfill an image. But we get lost along the way and what it is is that sense of ego starts to cloud our decision making by producing and introducing professional biases so as the ego starts to inflate we start to make poorer and poorer decisions maybe we overestimate our ability maybe we get into a position where all of that leads to what we think of as a fear of failure not failure in that you'll lose your job but failure and what will happen if you try to advance along the way. These things are anathema. One of my favorite words to drop. I'll drop anathema as many times as I can in a sentence. Anathema for ambition. They will paralyze you. You ever hear of that paralysis by analysis? Well, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the ego being too safe for its own good, own good, for its own good, all right, and for your own good as the master of your ego. So the reason that this comes up in the gym is because this is where we talk about all the habits that you make on a daily basis, and then at some point, we start to see that there's this nexus to, between you changing your habits and how much your habits are infringed upon by the job description that you've adopted. And so I get to have these dope ass conversations with you guys in between, you know, sets of one arm kettlebell snatches. All right. And this is a brilliant thing. And I've heard all manner of very, very cool stories. I've met very ambitious people who are CEOs, CFOs. I've met people who have the desire to be that are tradies. I've met people who have multiple degrees. I've met people who are, um, professional students and the like and what i can tell you is now you have me right here telling you that anytime that you guys want to move up like some of those folks who maybe were on top of their game on top of their ladder they were stifled right making buku bucks have the great title and they're stifled actually because they are unable to to get past the part of them that has a fear of failure. And so my hope is that by talking about what it is that stifles you guys professionally, that you're finding true fulfillment. Again, pulling back another layer of that human condition, finding true fulfillment 
on your daily life and just quitting everything and going into professional gaming or something like that you know like getting one of the gamer chairs like i got right now all right so let's talk about it all right real quickly the signs so have you exhibited any any of these so in your answer when you comment let me know if you exhibited any of these or you know someone that is right and they're stuck feeling some type of way about the professional life and we're gonna stick with professional life today is there a resistance to feedback so someone gave you feedback and you just were like nah they wrong <laughs> i know at times when i'm training you guys i'll have a third party come in and say i want to do this instead or um my legs are really sore can we skip doing our uh, deadlifts today and then I have some of you guys that'll test the waters and be like, man, my left arm really, really sore today. And I appreciate that approach more because it's like, you ain't quitting. You're down for the cause. <laughs> so number one, resistance to feedback. Ego prevents feedback from sinking in. A lack of adaptability, having a really rigid mind, the opposite of being neuroelastic. Okay, new ideas, which are crucial for growth, they don't get in. Are you hot? Is it? Do you have an inability to delegate because you can't trust others? Losing control is something that you fear, right? And you're gonna hear me repeat a lot of these buzzwords: fear, inability, right? A loss, struggle. You know, if you feel a lot of that just in your bones, maybe we're having a place where the ego is butting up against the responsibilities of you as a professional. Do you think about yourself as a title, right? We talked about it before. Maybe it's you thinking of yourself as coach. And then you earn that title. And well, since you earned it, you're going to act like it. You're going to be the most hard-ass coach that there is. You're spitting out sunflower seeds. You know what I mean? On the field as you talk. You're commanding, demanding, militarian. Right? No matter what. But you're also impossible to get through. You're what we call intractable. You're stubborn. And nobody can tell you nothing. You blame others for your setbacks. Kind of what I said at first. Is this a place where you feel like you can't trust? Do you just hate teamwork? Because I'm going to go ahead and say that there are times and places where you should actually act and learn to act solo. But if there is an environment of team... It's important for us to adopt at least team. Look around, see what everybody else is doing, and see what you're doing. Then see what the global community is doing. That's a way to kind of dive into the idea of team. Are you one that, you know, you put on for yourself, like Coach Carter? Yeah, I tied that. That's my shoe. I tied that. Are you big on self-promotion, right? Do you feel threatened? Right? You got that FOMO. When someone else comes up really, really big, instead of looking at them being like, oh, now we can all eat. You broke open the door, I'll jump in the windows. Right? Nope. You're like, man, why does that person have to do it? What? See, for me, I look at other um, coaches online, and I just feel like there's so many fitness coaches online that there has to be a massive audience for this because nobody inside of fitness says the same thing. There are two people. Let me just let me just drop this for you guys. You can do what you want with it, but there are two men so far that I've met. Two men, all right? And I haven't had the depth of 
hearing too many fitness minded women because I think that they are just underrepresented inside the world of fitness, but not in fitness necessarily, but fitness on social media. But there are only two men that I think are always right whenever they open their mouth. Anytime they open their mouth about fitness, they're correct. I can corroborate and say, yes, they're right. And I haven't listened to everybody, but I've listened to quite a few people. One, you got uh, Mike Isratel. And two, uh, Kelly Starrett. Both of them, you know what? Now that I, now that I, speaking of titles, both of them doctors. All right, one's a physical therapist. The other one's a scientist. So only two men that I can say whenever they talk about anything having to do with lifting or recovery or fitness, fat burning, program building, exercise prescription, they're 100% right. So shout out to you guys, man. Everybody else, get like them. That includes me. But you know what? I guess we're all trying to eat off that same platter. So I don't know. They make good North Stars, though. So, hey, maybe they'll be... Maybe, you know what? Let's hope that they have um, good or not much of an ego. They can allow us to eat off their plate, too. So, the art of ego killing is nothing nice. It takes work. It takes process and programming. It takes a lot of introspection. I think that's one of the themes of this show. You're always going to have to be looking in deep and healing and getting right and everything. Light you a sage when you start listening to Ego Killer. Because not only do we get deep right here, but we actually have to do a little bit of introspection. So... Here, look, my job's done, basically. All I have to do is explain to you guys. Go work out and do a little bit of introspection. Meditate and work out. And you're good. No matter what. So we're talking today about how we're going to make sure that we're adopting fulfillment from what we do professionally. We need to do a lot of introspection to get there. That means shifting the mindset, thinking about ambition, all right? When I consider some of the best fighters around the way, I always think about the nature of how much they're willing to learn deeper inside of their careers. Over the weekend right now, one of my favorite fighters, actually my favorite fighter for the last five years is Alex Pereira. He is a 205 who fights at 185 light heavyweight kickboxer from Brazil. And the dude, I've seen him smile. That includes socials like twice, right? And I've been following him for like six years. He's a beast inside the ring and is what I would consider to be just devoid of ego and any fighter like him devoid of ego why do i say this because he's in his late 30s at this point he went from kickboxing professionally into mma and he's winning he's counting w's worldwide webbing that stuff inside of mma and he's doing that because instead of approaching mma the newest form of activity and sport for him as something that he should be afraid of something where he can't really ask for advice 
he did the opposite. He went ahead and started training with this dude, Glover Teixeira, who is a who at one point was elite as an MMA guy who actually won himself a title at like 41 or 42 inside of MMA and really started to eat off this man's plate. And thank God he did because he don't even speak English. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, um, Alex Pereira, I'm like your biggest fan. Can you speak English just some, like if I ever met him and I wanted to shake his hand and tell him he's the best. I'd have no clue if he received it right because he's going to say you know, obrigado or whatever in Portuguese. And I would never know. <laughs> but out loud, though, the point I'm just trying to make is when men and women like him inside the fight game transition into something later on in their development and they start winning, it's because professionally, professionist fighting, they've allowed their ego to dissolve. They've let their ego dissolve. They've aligned themselves with growth. Every new challenge that you will face along the way inside your profession. Every hurdle that you will come across. Ready to be hopped over. Every barrier that you come to. That you'll end up doing a left-right juke. And then spin around. Every ladder rung that you're going to climb up next. Will present as challenges. And those challenges must reveal themselves to you as opportunities for success. When we start thinking of challenges, otherwise we fall down that ladder. We run into that wall. We trip over that damn hurdle and your face gets all gravelly with those little rubber pellets as you trip on what a challenge is supposed to make you acquiesce to the heights of yourself, right? And so we have to realign our values when this stuff happens. What we can do to realign our values is ask for advice, no matter where it is to be found, right? I myself have found sometimes it pays to be the squeaky wheel. And what I mean by that is seek out the answers that seem undeniably simplistic in an effort simply to gain more knowledge. In a world where you don't know what type of gloves you should wear to the next bag class that you do, ask around for brands, for recommendations. There's something called the trans theoretical change model. Before you take action, you have to prepare, right? There's a stage of preparation. Well, in that stage, you're simply gathering information. The information can come stream of consciousness to you. But when you inhibit that preparation, you never get to launch yourself into action. And a lot of you guys, you do that. We start to think that there is such thing as a really stupid question when it has to do with us taking action. Wrong. There are, look, there are some dumbass questions and we all ask them. All right. Your teacher lied to you. There's such thing as a stupid question. But when it comes to the act of preparing for action, leave no pebble unkicked, right? Don't kick rocks, but leave no stone unturned. Make sure that you figure out all the beats of what you need to launch yourself into that action. 
And the other thing that you guys can do besides just kind of referentially taking self-awareness and being in a growth mindset. So we've identified maybe the signs. Now we're in a growth mindset where challenges are opportunities to grow. Start working out. (laughs) Start working out. Improves your mood. Reduces stress. Those two things do that for each other. Like when your mood's better, you actually have a higher tolerance to stress anyway. Release some endorphins and feel good. Reduce the 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 um the fear response that is actually really really heightened. All right, start working out. Look, if you don't, somebody else is gonna take your place at the gym. You're gonna have to. I mean, there's some for everybody. I don't want to make it sound like there's not enough time for you to get in there. Um, but once again, right? Once again, fitness is panacea for everything so you know what you don't even need a doctor right you just need somebody to tell you to go work out it's just that simple start working out my friends now if you're someone that doesn't fancy working out find you a way to get active so that you can release some of these endorphins and know that everybody should be doing something to get it done even at my complex right you see the older folks in their 60s 70s just doing laps around that thing or I see youngsters putting on the sweatsuit, going out and doing the thing. I've trained young athletes who have their own sweatsuit, and they're going to go and do the thing in the sweatsuit. So maybe the answer is buy you a sweatsuit <laughs> or buy you a weight vest. So they, And then just like cook your regular dinner in your weight vest, and there you go. That's a way. Find a way to get active, all right? Find a way. I know it's really easy for the guy who runs a gym to tell you guys to go work out. I want to go work out. All I got to do is show up at work, right? And then when you guys leave and I'm waiting for a class to start, I can just bang out some pull-ups or something like that. Don't really hate. Just there's also a lot of like sometimes I want to leave the gym too. So don't make it. It's not like it's like it's not like I'm like the owner of a of a Disneyland franchise or something like that like a theme park and i could just ride rides when everyone's gone this isn't what it is when you're at the gym a lot of it and actually this is a good lead into what we're about to talk about a lot of it has to do with who is in the area at the gym the energy the synergy that you get at the gym and the process for working out all of those things don't just happen like because you walk into the gym it has to do with what you're doing at the gym What are you doing? You're focusing on yourself. You're working hard. You're minimizing all of the distractions that create fear and anxiety, the mental contaminants from society, those grandiose expectations that are plopped down on us that deviate us from ambition. All of that melts away when we're working on ourselves Physically, there comes a point too or working out physically is what you need because you're literally just working for your next breath. Sometimes you're working out so hard, there's nothing on your mind except keeping your tempo, right? There's nothing on your mind but the next combo you're gonna throw, right? 
how are you gonna um you can't focus on anything because if you distract you're gonna drop those dumbbells you got you're you're pushing yourself to the limit and this is a very um positive way to be inside the gym you can put on for challenges that i just talked about that's that growth mindset it's a lot harder right you look at me and you're like oh it's good for you you can work out whenever you want to well it's a lot harder to challenge yourself when there's no one around or there's just me and my dog Brody around. <laughs> this guy is over here doing upward dogs and making it look too easy, blending in with the floor. And then I got to like find a way to motivate myself. So put on some of the anger. So push it to you. Where are you? So put on something that's really, really aggressive, right? Or some loud stuff like rage or something. And that get, might get me going. That at least fools my body into thinking that there is something going on and I need to put on for the hardest right there. What you guys need to remember is no matter what type of fitness modality you do encounter, even when I'm teaching reformer, I'll ask people to challenge themselves. This is always within your ability. It's just a lot easier when you see other people not challenging themselves and you do what David Goggins says, you got to snatch up a soul real quick sometimes. And that might sound a little ominous, but the truthful, the truth about it is sometimes knowing that you're challenging yourself because other people might be pushing themselves a nine and you're like, well, if I do a 9.1, I know I'm challenging myself. That's important too. It's also important to recognize that if you do an eight out of a nine, maybe that's okay for the day. It's much easier when you have people around you working you're also building a culture of support like i said that doesn't have to do with you know is everything okay is is there anything i could do to help is there you look you look stressed out today you want to talk about like that's that's also a means of support and a lot of what goes on inside of gyms i've been to or gyms gyms that i'm involved with over the years but really it is more what i think about it is bouncing ideas off each other brainstorming right at its very base level it's just asking an extra question of those others around you gathering more preparatory information so that you can launch yourself into the upper level the upper level right the upper level of action where you're doing the thing and getting full result from it that's what it needs to be right there. There's literal programs that, like, I think people who do yoga, you know, I'm I'm ambivalent about the nature of modern practices of yoga these days. I've kind of done a heel turn in a lot of respects. Not saying you guys should or that yoga is not, you know, what it should be or whatever. It is high quality. And it is one of the things like any martial art that if you put in, for it and you seek out the core of what it's supposed to be online or somebody that you know you will get so much more out of it just like martial arts you want to show up and kind of just fool around it around not do nothing guess what your day is going to be shit but if you actually want to learn you ask more and more questions like i just met hey there we go ask questions growth mindset you'll get the most out of it and yoga is one of those things that you can kind of always depend on because it's going to be the the act of doing something like you i'm not saying you guys should do yoga i'm saying 
this is the type of modality that everybody's familiar with where you literally are supposed to focus on yourself. We call it a mind-body connection. Martial arts is actually pretty self-focused and a mind-body connection. You ever grapple with people or know people that grapple do judo or jujitsu it is actually very much a mind body mind centered thing if you're someone that does any type of rhythm based workout it's a mind body connection that you can establish the bass is booming really loud but you can also get into your own body in that respect i teach reformer that's a great way to do it very important because it fosters well-being and asks the most of your mind to connect to those centers of well being and look all this is an, is a way for you to build the beats for change inside your job the daily grind is designed to wear you down your best bet is to figure out a path way through that by being smarter than the average bear plan ahead and don't let mental contaminants pull you back underneath strategize have a strong mind and a desire to go farther ahead than your job's willing to take take days off when you need them invest in yourself since you're not the one paying you your money you need to be paying yourself dividends in self-care figure out how best to suit the needs for the long-term health of your mind and your heart, then find out what you really love and crave on a daily basis. Once you've figured out how to do that, you'll advance in your job, in your life forever. I guarantee it. Make sure you guys do that. The next episode that we talk about, we're gonna do an even deeper dive on the nature of the ego. But until we get there, Stay all the way up.